I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on this episode of Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, I'm joined by the innovative and accomplished chef, Sri Gopinath. Stay tuned. As an Indian American who was born and raised in California, I consider myself really, really lucky. When I was a teenager, and even into my 20s and 30s, both sets of my grandparents lived within a 15-minute drive of my house in LA. It not only meant some quality time with them, but I was lucky enough to have access to hearty, authentic, and wholesome Indian cuisine at a moment's notice. The deliciousness of pohe and besnate laru at one house was only equaled by the puranpori at another. The company and chit-chat then means so much more to me now, but the food and taste memories served as the benchmarks for virtually any morsel I've had ever since then. I often wonder how those who make remarkable food experiences for others must think about their craft and the effect it has on the people they host. This is what brought me to a conversation with arguably the most decorated Indian chef cooking in the U.S. today, Sri Gopinath. Sri is an innovator of the Cal Indian culinary genre and has helmed the kitchen at the Taj Campton Place in San Francisco since 2008, where he's earned two Michelin stars. He has deep roots in Kerala and Tamil Nadu, and has perfected a wonderful blend of Indian, European, and Californian techniques. Sri's new restaurant, Itan, opened this past year in Palo Alto, California. We chatted recently, and I asked him if our current isolated situation has helped him rediscover old techniques and new ideas. I started getting used to the new reality, and I started uh, uh, getting prepared for the upcoming reality. I started uh, uh, spending more time with my family, cooking a lot of food which I, which I uh, enjoyed during child, childhood, which I was not able to do in the places I, I was, I was uh, the restaurants I do now. So all those things, it's almost like a practice session going back to my uh, roots, going back to my childhood, all those things. So I was doing a lot of things, rather I'm still doing because the thing is not yet over. (laughs) So we're just dealing with that right now, yes. Uh, In terms of uh, new, um, uh, honestly speaking, I'm not finished with old. So I'll get to the new one whenever it's a new one. (laughs) And and even with the rediscovering of the old, or as you mentioned, sort of like going back to your roots, has, has this been an opportunity to sort of like further refine that or even like perfected even more because you've had a chance to remember some of those things. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, like I said, there is, we don't come from a, uh, a, a small cultural background. Our cultural background right. is a city in a Hollywood, I mean, Bollywood movie. It's a lot going on there. Yeah. So I don't think we could finish that in, in uh, especially me. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I know you were brought up here, but in my case, I was completely brought up uh, in back home. So there's a lot which I could not cover in my first 20 years of my life. And the next 20 years have been outside, the, uh, outside India. So uh, I know there is a lot to cover. So I was um, speeding myself to get 
get to everything I could, calling my my moms, uh, you know, uh, talking to my aunts, and how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, I've got a bunch of time, man. I want to do this. How can I? So uh, all those things have been happening for sure. Well, I mean, and and that's great. So it sounds like the refresh of those memories and the, um, you know, calling a friend or calling your family members, your mom, um, has allowed you in some ways to sort of like keep going with that. Did that also bring back any specific memories about cooking or food from your childhood that you, you had forgotten about? A lot, actually speaking, it's not that, yeah, I mean, I have to say, uh, the, my story, going back to my story is I come from a place which is, uh, which is, I have an advantage of being in literally uh, a border of uh, two states, basically Tamil Nadu and Kerala, if you know the uh, geography of India. So um, I, I'm actually a Malayali who grew up in Tamil Nadu. Mm. Uh, so we have a lot of, uh, we, I'm from a place where it's almost like a, a cultural tsunami going on. There's so much going on there, you know? Right. So, uh, so I definitely, um, I definitely, uh, I, uh, even though I lived in Tamil Nadu, I, at my home, we enjoy a lot of, um, uh, we enjoyed a lot of South Kerala food a lot. Now I, uh, I was exposed more to Tamil Nadu. It's a, it's a funny situation. I've exposed more of Tamil Nadu culture, but I was eating uh, all the uh, Malayali food a lot. Sure. But uh, plus, uh, plus Kerala is a, it's a long little state where uh, there's so so much so many cuisines in Kerala. So I really focused on um, Kerala cuisine of last couple of months. I've been trying and test even today. I was cooking yeah. tapioca and fish curry uh, just for my family. <laughs> Something which which you don't do in uh, America because it's difficult to get and you don't get sure. it. So uh, I was uh, basically focusing on um, a proper Kerala food. I mean, I have this passion for Malayali food for sure. Uh, I haven't got an opportunity to put on a plate, in, at least in, in America, I have not put really uh, the, uh, uh, the Kerala Malayali food uh, into uh, exclusive Malayali food in, in, uh, in, in California where I've been, for, been here for 16 years. So uh, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of study on that. I don't want to spill any beans right now. I definitely would like to pursue that cuisine and just give it, um, uh, give it uh, uh, shots at some point in, uh, in, in San Francisco or somewhere in Bay Area. So I've been preparing for that. Well, that's great. And I mean, as you, as you mentioned, you were uh, in uh, your childhood and in your experiences, you were in situations where there was a lot of blending and a lot of, you know, like you said, a sort of tsunami of different uh, experiences. And, um, but particularly from a food standpoint, all those childhood experiences and, and the experiences that you've been reflecting on um, now, at least through your cooking, it, uh, have there been some of those experiences that even throughout your career, they're definitely signatures of some of your items um, as you've gone forward? Yes, uh, the, I mean, uh, my cooking is all about, my philosophy always has been uh, cook with what you have where you cook, but uh, the ideas need to be what, uh, I, I, what I enjoyed growing up. Mm. So it was always a blend of that. So uh, that, that has and will never change. That's going to be there. But uh, adding to the robustness of uh, my childhood experience would be my next uh, next project. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I want to just get 
I would like to just get a little more, uh, which I was not able to get in all these years from uh, where and how I grew up, that kind of thing. So uh, that probably last few months definitely helped doing my homeworks, doing my looking back uh, projects and all those things. Yeah. I mean, of course, I have to say YouTube, uh, a yeah. big help for research because all you need to know is a name and then you just uh, <laughs> you look up and then you can research back and saying that, oh, read a book, call somebody who knows about it. It's much easier because then uh, the days of getting an expensive book via Amazon uh, in 15 years ago, I um, mean, you know, 20 years ago back in India, yeah. it's much easier now. Yeah. Right. Plus, if you need a book all of a sudden, you could actually get a book in few seconds. Just yes. download it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the information is so readily available and it's, and it's easy in that way. Is that the goal in the, uh, of inspiration? When someone tastes that blend for the first time or when they are actually experiencing authentic uh, Indian cuisine for the first time, is it such that there, there takes a little bit of getting used to or that it has to merge into what your own current tastes are, say as a Californian or as a non-Indian? So uh, to be honest, what I was, I've been trying to do is one is, uh, one is uh, number one uh, for me is uh, this whole thing of uh, seasonality. Uh, how local can it get factor? You know, the factor of being how much can you get from around here? I do not want to import things. I mean, I have to say I, I, there are a few things I do import. I mean, I can't do most of it, like, help the farmers around here, yeah. make use of things what is available here. That is an important factor for me. Uh, so being in season, being local and uh, trying to do at the same time, simultaneously trying to do what you enjoyed growing up. This is definitely the, uh, the formula which I always try to do. By doing that, there are so many times I've achieved uh, things what you, um, what you don't achieve back home because some some vegetables behave in certain way. Uh, some proteins behave in different way. But that is what makes a difference. Those imperfections, uh, or I mean, I don't know how we want to call it. Is it imperfections or is it uh, a betterment? Or is it, uh, for some people, uh, it is not so good too. I mean, I have to say, uh, there are some things which my mom, I know she won't like it because yeah. this combination, this is, this, this is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's, it's, she also comes with a preconceived notion of saying that, oh, this has to be made with this. Right. I mean, you cannot use a green plum, which is exactly as acidic as a green mango. But I want to try to the green plum. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 when I say green, I mean to say unripe plum. Sure. So I'm thinking from a very scientific uh, side of it, saying that that gives you body which, and the pectin in it, and it gives you the acid, which is the sourness in it, tartness in it. Uh, why not? Why so not? that kind of uh, thinking. So that's where the cuisine gets developed or formed. Yes. Uh, that's how, that's my, that's the difference I'm trying to establish. But I cannot grow a mango tree right in California. I don't think it's going to survive. <laughs> no, listen, as a, as a mango or a, a hapus Alfonso enthusiast, boy, somehow do that. I will, I will be first in line, uh, you know, for sure. I know where your roots are from. That's right. My guest today on Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing is uh, Srijit Gopinath. After a quick break, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about his work. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
from India you're listening to Rockers Avenue Radio on Dash Radio the number one South Asian radio station now here it is welcome back everybody to this episode of trust me I know what I'm doing um, I'm here with Trijit Gopinath one question is you've earned a lot of terrific accolades and achievements through cooking at your restaurants and, and earning Michelin stars, uh, let alone not just one Michelin star, but two Michelin stars. Is the value of this for a chef who's a creator or an artist, is the value of that, of that accolade or that achievement, is it personal for the chef? Is it strictly for the patrons? Is it for the business? Does the experience change the moment that that designation is now made um, for someone how can you reflect on that a little bit? So this is my opinion. I, I, from my readings and from my conversation with uh, people who do this, uh, when I say do this, people who are part of this uh, Michelin uh, establishment. So yeah. I, I'm, told, I'm told that this is for the cuisine of that restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, so it uh, obviously the cuisine is done by the chef. Uh, so it's uh, so it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario here. Uh, <laughs> so which came first and how, which way it goes and right. how you want to put it. So it's kind of a chicken and egg scenario. But um, certainly chef or chefs who work in the restaurant take it to their heart. They really see it as they, uh, they are the reason, they are at least they are uh, the primary reason why the restaurant got it and their hard work. It, I don't, I, I don't or I can't say that it's because of one chef. It's a lot of effort. Of course, uh, there is a person who's actually telling you how and where, uh, what to do. And there's a lot of collaboration which goes into it. So it certainly does not, in my opinion, it does not belong to one chef also. It should, it should belong to everybody who, who worked at that point when it was received. So everyone um, uh, certainly uh, was part of the puzzle. So it, it cannot be one person. So uh, I don't know if I answered your question right, but uh, the, sh the 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 star goes to the cuisine of that restaurant right uh, uh, and which basically is the star is for restaurant uh, chef is responsible for the cuisine uh, so that is where uh, we have we have to leave a gray area right there <laughs> well, and i mean for you personally or even for the the cuisine or the restaurant experience going from that moment? Because, you know, you get that designation, five minutes before that designation, were you a different uh, chef or was it a different experience? And five minutes after that designation, you know, is it now a, a grander experience? Does it, does it change much? How, how, what are your thoughts on that? It's, it's like uh, losing your Air Force One right at 12.01 uh, on January 21st. <laughs> Honestly, uh, at least me, I don't know. There are people who uh, who actually spend their lives 
trying to get one. Uh, I did not spend my life to get one. I definitely tried my, spend my life to uh, do something better, do something different, and do something right uh, with the right um, group of people. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if that has received uh, a star or an accolade for whatever bad it is, then uh, we did some things right. That's all I believe in. And I don't personally think uh, anybody should just wake up in the morning and say that, Tomorrow, my goal uh, in five years from now, my goal is Michelin star. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think you should say that I want to do, uh, I want to do something what I believe in, something I, I'm comfortable with, something I'm, even if I'm, I'm not saying you have to do everything you're, you're comfortable with. You can go outside your zone. I tried that so many times and failed and succeeded in many, many areas, but that's perfectly fine. But uh, I don't think your goal should be like, this is my goal. I mean, there are, I know of people who actually, who actually has been trying so hard to get, I don't think you need to, but uh, maybe it gives you a push. I don't know it because uh, I probably have it, so I don't know it, I don't know. So, so uh, that's a story. Uh, and I, I recently have, a, a, I was just doing a Zoom cooking for a bunch of families uh, at, uh, I think it was India Spora. Uh, and one of the kids who are like 12 or 14 years old, uh, she so wanted to be a chef. And uh, her mom uh, came into the Zoom and she took that, extra two minutes and introduce her. And she, her first question was, uh, I want to be a Michelin star chef. I said that uh, I think it's a bad idea to being wanting to be a Michelin star chef. I think your idea should be you want to be a chef. You want to create food. You want to do something. That is a good place to begin. And then everything else um, should fall in place or will fall in place. You don't have to worry too much about it. So I think that's my um, little fundamental there. <laughs> Well, and I mean, you know, I think the experience, the uh, not only just the experience of, of being in a location, but the experience of the food, you know, I, I've had the, I think, most exquisitely delicious food cooked by my grandmother in her little apartment in Reseda, California, and I would give anything for that food. Um, is that the ultimate goal of the chef's, uh, you know, achievements? meaning to, to recreate a feeling, recreate uh, an experience with that, regardless of, of who that might be? You know, I have to say, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'm sorry, I may take a, a few minutes to explain this. It changes so much. Um, uh, in my 20s, uh, it was different. 30s, it's different. Now I'm in early 40s. Uh, so that's different. I am not worried or scared to say my age. But so anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so... Right. Uh, it was um, like I always said uh, early in my age. I was, I was all about uh, doing things uh, completely unseen and un, uh, not something which is not done by anybody, which is unheard, and all those things. And that faded away uh, as I got as as I got a little more older. I thought I need to do good food regardless of unseen, unheard, or heard, whatever it is. And then you get older and older. You and at some point, I mean, uh, going back to it, I used to, uh, to, to, to create a plate, there used to be a lot of stuff going on in the plate, which means I'm putting a lot more effort when you're younger to create a plate. Mm -hmm. And as you get older, your ideas um, just gets more clarity. It's, you know, it just gets more clear. You want to, you know 
how many things you need. Uh, sometimes less is more uh, in places, in some of the things, uh, I mean, especially Indian food, sometimes less is not more. For example, uh, take a simple chart. Less is not more because there's so many things has to go in that damn dish. <laughs> there, is, there is no way of making it less because uh, I have tried that. Yeah. And I've failed because uh, there's you, some things you just cannot, uh, you cannot go with the principle and say that this is how I'm going to do. No, it doesn't work because this has been created over thousands of years. You know, it's so many evolutions. It's not that easy uh, to say that less is more one piece of pumpkin and a piece of duck breast done. No, it doesn't work that way because you have a reference point going back. You cannot make a fool of yourself to trying to be too minimalist. So right. it doesn't work that way with, when it comes to our cuisine, the cuisine what we do. So uh, like I, going back to what I said, uh, as I grew up, I definitely uh, feel that I, uh, I learned how to pull down the frills and just put it aside and say that, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to keep it more simple. Uh, let's, let's look at, let's get focused on the eye of the bird, not all of the, uh, you know, the, the whole bird kind of a thing. So that change evolution happened for sure. I think that happens with most chefs. Well, and I mean, especially um, where we are and in the heart of uh, the Bay Area and Silicon Valley, I mean, some of the ideas behind creating and innovating really have to do with, with failing fast and, and iterating and, and creating it over and over again until you get that, that perfection or that near perfection. Is, has that basically been also very true for you to sample and, and create things and, and I identify that in the culinary world, yes, in order to innovate, you have to just keep experimenting. Yes, I mean, uh, the greatest thing here is, yes, you have to, the, the greatest thing of this place is number one, uh, unlike where we grew up, this, this country or this uh, California, I mean, this local Bay Area here, we have four, almost, I mean, even though we only experience two seasons here, we actually have four seasons. So that one huge factor of the season, I mean, of, of creating something is seasonality and ingredients, you know, yeah. that keeps changing. That automatically gives you an opportunity to think and come up with something new without putting too much effort, without trying too hard on that. That factor in itself uh, is an advantage for chefs like me who like to, who, who likes the traditional side of it at the same time, not just stick to the traditional side of it. So that kind of, a, uh, that, that flexibility you automatically get. On top of it, you can always <clears throat> think about what, I mean, add more layers to it and how to, how to create a difference uh, in what you do versus somebody else. So uh, those components together um, is what makes, that's the new or progressive or, or different uh, kind of a thing what we do. And, and you know, I think you were mentioning uh, a uh, younger chef who was looking at the Michelin stars and, and, and sort of aspiring for that. Um, you know, brilliantly, Food Network and, and food entertainment, if you will, um, has added a pretty captivating element for the, the lay public in, in that way to understand what uh, cooking or, or culinary arts are all, all about. But, you know, I'm just curious from your perspective, what gets lost in that portrayal? Uh, the rigor and the, in some ways, the science behind the cooking and the um, complexity behind what kind of actual hard work has to go into and study has to go into this in order to achieve these kinds of things. So I think the whole uh, entertainment scene uh, has, uh, it's a, it's got two sides to it. Uh, uh, 
again, honestly speaking, I mean, everything has two sides to it. If you look at it, right. yeah. it doesn't have two sides. So this one also has the two sides to it. One is it put it out there. So the, 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 this whole TV um, and, and uh, all this cooking shows and uh, all the baking shows and all those things certainly gave us a huge edge. Just it, it, it basically um, created this aspirations in people, inspired people saying that, hey, this is something you'll do. But the flip side of this is that's good. I mean, that's a good PR for this industry. That's a great PR, uh, especially in, um, in uh, developing countries, uh, wherein uh, cooking was, when I was, when I did, uh, went to, into hotel management, it was considered, what the hell are you doing? I mean, this is, this, is this something for real? You're, are you seriously going to do this kind of a thing? Not from my parents. Not, I mean, yes, even my mom was the happiest person I went for this, but a lot of people thought that, what, what in the world is this? Is this, is this real? <laughs> it's like, so kind of someone's giving you a bachelor's degree for managing a hotel, cooking, seriously? So kind of a thing. So, uh, so uh, going back to the thing, so TV definitely gave us a huge push when it comes to, um, when it comes to uh, what this industry is all about, what is the uh, good and bad. But the flip side is the bad is not being exposed enough. Everything is all about good and the fanciness and the, and the what is it called? The, the, like the, the glamour of it. Yeah, the fluff of it, you know, it just, uh, the happiness and all those things. It's a Disney movie, you know, happiness and all those things. So there is a lot more sweat and blood goes into it. The amount of time you put in, the Christmas you don't get to celebrate, the Thanksgiving you don't just sit at home, Diwali you don't celebrate, all these things are a lot. And early morning, you wake up in the morning before the, before even the crow wakes up, you just, you are at the restaurant doing that. <laughs> all those things that you're not. Yeah. Uh, plus uh, technology, um, yeah, there's a lot more I can talk about, but this definitely is not shown out. Uh, so that is one flip side of it. But again, uh, let's look at the half um, full rather than the half empty side of it. I would say uh, thank you to this uh, media, uh, this, you know, putting it out there. Yeah. Basically, uh, you have people to work and people who are enjoying it, people who find passion doing this. So. As a chef, uh, I feel you embody the title of this show Trust me, I know what I'm doing probably better than, than anybody um, out there. I mean, what does it really feel like or what does it take to truly hold that trust? When, when a patron or someone in your family, anybody tastes your food, um, it, it's really, you, they're putting their trust in, in you that that food is, is going to be pleasant. It's going to be an amazing experience. It's going to be something that they want to, you know, experience over and over again. What does that feel like a, a, as a chef? Because, you know, to have that kind of, um, you know, entrustment with the people who are tasting your food. Yeah, I always feel that some people, I've, there's so many uh, people who might talk to, hey, what do you, what do you, uh, why do you do it for, um, you don't, uh, what's, your, what's your thing of doing it? There's a lot of people who say it's automatic. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like programming. Said, I like making people happy. So uh, I've always thought about this and laughing that this is so pre-programmed, uh, darn thing wherein you ask about it and you say that I like me making people happy. Uh, like, what the hell is that? What, what does that even mean? <laughs> so honestly speaking, there are, this industry, there are so many times uh, I don't think most people I don't think most people in this industry 
uh, a lot of people in this industry, at least who enjoy doing this, uh, don't. Uh, of course, everybody wants to make money out of it, but uh, there is a most people, including myself, who enjoys doing it, who likes to see uh, a happy face, likes to see a positive word. Uh, I mean. It's not that I'm, not, I'm going to be upset about somebody saying negative. Of course, if you don't say what's true, it, it's, it, it doesn't work that way. So uh, there is definitely a big piece of happiness part of it in this uh, as, as a reward. And more than money, that is the making people happy is certainly, I you can call it a cliche, you can call it a pre-recorded, preconceived, I mean, pre-prepared this thing. But no, uh, there is a huge... Uh, huge, uh, what are they called? The feeling of happiness when you see when something is placed in front of someone, when somebody eats it, that wow! There are so many small occasions which have made me really happy, which actually is silly at times, but you do get that sense of happiness uh, when you see when people's reaction. Mm. So it means a lot. I mean, it, it just means a lot. I don't know uh, how to put those in, in, in right words, but it does mean a lot. Well, listen, uh, I think it means a lot to all of us who are experiencing that. And for those uh, who are soon to be experiencing it with the work that you have planned ahead, I appreciate um, you coming on with us. It's been actually a, a thrill and I hope you'll come and join us again sometime soon. Thank you so much, Amaya. It was such a such an honor, such a pleasure to be with you, talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm not Keith Urban, I won't put you in a song. Worldwide down, yeah, I feel like Shao Khan. Yo, this is Tesher, and you've tuned in to Ruckus Avenue Radio. The number one South Asian radio station in the world. There's a fans on my lawn, I can never do no wrong. Run it up from Bombay to Milan. See me when you turn your TV on, yeah, I feel like Shao Khan.